Welcome to the Avail Podcast, where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we're sitting down with Jonathan Brozozog. Jonathan is a senior pastor at Creative Church alongside his wife, Joanne. Together, they have a passion for equipping Christian parents through books, speaking, and other resources. In this episode, Jonathan will share some wisdom from his latest book release, Raising Parents, Set Your Kids Up for Future Success. Oh, and did I mention that Jonathan and Joanne have eight kids? Buckle up your leadership seatbelts, leaders, and let's get started. Welcome back, everybody. It's another Avail podcast where we talk about the art of leadership with amazing leaders. As always, we never disappoint. We got a great leader. He's a pastor. He's a dad. He's a husband. He's an author. We're going to talk about his book, his book, Raising Parents, everybody. None other than Pastor Jonathan Brozozog. Pastor Jonathan, it's good to have you on the Avail podcast. How you feeling? I'm doing great. Hey, everybody. I'm so excited to be on this podcast. It is one of the absolute best. Tell everybody you know, I'm excited to be here with you today, man. This is awesome. Yeah, yeah. I love I love meeting uh, new friends. And I love, uh, especially when, I mean, I got to be honest, especially when it's something that I feel like this is going to help me. And your book, Raising Parents, Set Your Kids Up for Future Success, is going to help me because I'm a parent. I got kiddos. And um, yeah, I think we it's going to be help, awesome. Really, we? We yeah, all- we, we all need help. Before we jump into the book, uh, Pastor Jonathan, can you just share a little bit about yourself so our Avail audience can know who is Jonathan Brozozog? Yeah, um, again, super excited to be here. I am, uh, like many of the people probably listening, I am a, a dad and uh, <laughs> 40, 44 years old and uh, loving my 40s. Uh, my wife and I pastor Creative Church, creativechurch.com in Minneapolis, Minnesota. We started this church 20 years ago when church planting wasn't cool. Uh, with four people. And we, uh, like John Maxwell says, we started out with nothing and we still have most of it. So, uh, but we, uh, we love it. We're excited to see all that God's done here. And, um, and we're, we're being uh, the best parents we can be. Uh, my name is very unique. If you Google it, I'm the only one you're probably going to see my family. Mm-hmm. It's a made up name. Actually, my real last name was Brazos. And my grandfather was a uh, a Jew that escaped uh, the Nazis in World War II and moved wow. to the Bahamas, met my grandmother, and they changed the name to Brozozog. So uh, if you Google one, you meet one, I know them. It's my family. But we're in Minnesota, and we have eight amazing children. So my house sounds like the state fair. It's loud, uh, but we're loving every minute of it. I love it. And, you know, your name is unique. I don't think I've ever met another Brozozog. So I feel like this is a, a great you experience. Pro- you're pronouncing it perfect. That's so rare. You know, it's your yeah, nailing it. Yeah. That's what happens sometimes when you speak another language. You know, I speak Spanish. So sometimes, you know, which we would probably say Brozozog yeah, in Spanish. There you go. There but, you go. Uh, but it helps. It helps a little bit. I want to I want to get right to it, uh, Pastor Jonathan, because y- your book is entitled raising parents. We, we all yeah. know, talk about raising kids, but raising parents, set your kids up for future success. Can you just unpack a little bit? How, how was this book born? What's the heart behind it? Sure. So we, we titled it raising parents because, you know, so many people have grown up and they're, they're childlike. Uh, so just because <laughs> they've matured in, in their body doesn't mean they matured in their spirit doesn't mean they matured in their mind. 
When, mm. when we look at our kids, we're raising a future dad. We're raising a future mom. We're raising a future leader, a future CEO, a future minister. We're raising somebody to be someone's parent. And that's really what uh, it came out of. And we're, we're very hesitant to even write this book. We have, we have so many young families uh, in our church. Obviously, us having a lot of kids, we've attracted a lot of families with a lot of kids. And we have so many people within our church going, at least tell us what you're trying. At least tell us what you learned. At least tell us what, what you're doing. And that was really the birth of it was to really have a resource to help our, our church. And as we began to do it, we began to be asked to speak at more and more places. And people were like, tell us. So, you know, it, it was hesitant. We were hesitant to do it because when you write a book on something, it kind of implies that you're an expert on it. And we're like, <laughs> Oh, Lord, we're not done yet. You know, we've still got cereal bowls in the closet. And I'm sure there's a hot dog or chicken nuggets shoved in the back <laughs> of the Suburban. Or we, we actually have a bus to drive our whole family around. But Come on. that was a little bit of the heart of it was just what can we do to help parents? <clears throat> How many parents feel like they're they're failing? And, and one of the compliments we give parents when we minister at a church um, afterwards is, is we just tell parents, you're a great parent. You're, you're a great mom. You're a great mm. dad. And I can't tell you how many parents just start weeping in that moment wow. because it's a compliment. It's as simple of, of compliment as it is. It's a compliment. Most parents never hear. That's good. You know, based on what you just said, I, I find that in this area of parenting, um, parenting itself is probably one of the most common uh, and most notorious pain points for a lot of people, whether it's their experience as a parent, maybe not feeling like they're the best or good enough, or maybe people's experience with their own parents. And before we kind of dive into a little bit about the book, I, I'm just curious, can you share some thoughts or insight on why you think, and you just mentioned sometimes people get teary eyed when they hear you're a good parent, probably because they don't feel like it. Why do you think there's so much pain around it? Yeah, I, th I think there's a, a lot of pain. One, because um, a lot of people, when it comes to parenting, well, let me say it like this. When it comes to parenting, uh, it is going to be the most important thing you ever do in your life and one of the most difficult things that you ever do in your life. Yeah. And what you don't want to do when it comes to parenting is wing it. And a lot of us have, are messed up because our parents winged it with us. <laughs> you know, the Bible says, you know, get understanding and get wisdom, you know, and all that getting, get an understanding. Mm -hmm. We want to get all the wisdom, all the knowledge, all the books, all the resources. And that's what Joanne and I have done. We have scoured all uh, of the resources we could. You know, we sat yeah. down, interviewed people, talked to people, met with people. And and even for our own understanding, uh, you know, and got what what could we get and draw all the nuggets from these people and learn from it. And then I think when it comes to your parents, one of the things we need to do is let go of the gravity of grace. Uh, mm -hmm. We tend to let grace go down, but we're not big on letting grace go up. And, and I think that's one of the things you've got to do and, and just, you know, forgive your parents for, they were learning too. You know, I listen to people talk about their parents and what they didn't do right. And I think, man, you wait till your kids grow up, you know, wow. we're in this process too. And, and I think letting go of the gravity of grace, seeing you, you know, show that honor, show that forgiveness, show that grace to your parents, I think really helps. And you need grandparents in your life. I want to tell you that you need grandparents in your life desperately. When I when I go to churches and speak, let me just say this. When I go to churches and speak, I always have all the grandparents stand. Because in our state, uh, suicide is the second leading cause of death amongst teenagers in our state. And, and, and it is becoming the leading cause of death amongst teenagers in the nation. 
And I have grandparents stand because it's a statistical fact that if a teenager has a healthy relationship with a grandparent, they have almost a 0% chance of suicide. So, you know, maybe our kids don't need more medication. Maybe what they need is a healthy relationship with their grandparents. So making sure as a parent, I have that. In order to have that, I'm going to have to let go of the gravity of grace and help bring healing to my parents and make sure that my kids can bring healing to me. Oh, that's good. I love that. I didn't know that statistic about about having a healthy relationship with a grandparent. That's, that's, Grand, that's you know big. why? You know why that is? Because grandparents are unconditional love. And that's why mm. when you get them back from your grandparents, you have to re-educate them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because grandparents are unconditional love and, and they're they're huge. And that's one of the reasons my wife and I uh, make the time and the investment to get our kids, even though they're out of state, to get our kids around their grandparents as teenagers, because it's one of the healthiest things we can do uh, to protect them as teenagers. That's huge. Um, so one of the cool things I like about your book is it's set up, it's kind of laid out pretty nicely in a kind of a first part one and a part two, part one, a firm foundation, uh, and then part two, discipline that works. Can you speak a little bit to both of these and maybe why they need to be in this order? Oh, absolutely. So firm foundation is, 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 is really important because are we building a foundation uh, for our kids on Christ that our kids destiny is not just to make money. It's not just to be YouTube famous. It's not, right. you know, that their destiny ultimately is to be like Jesus for those the Lord mm-hmm. uh, foreknew. He also predestined that they would be conformed to the image of mm-hmm. his son. So letting them know that their destiny is to be like Christ. And I get it as a parent. I get how hard it can be that, to have that time of devotions in the evening. Every time I walk in my house, it's like I'm holding a press conference. The questions I have to answer. Yes, Alexander. No, I told you that before. Yes, Liliana, we'll do that on Thursday. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's literally holding a press conference. I get how challenging it can be, but the days are long, but the years are short. And so it goes so fast. And so Mm -hmm. praying with your children, declaring the word of God. And people say, well, you know, it's boring. Prayer is boring. It's boring because you make it boring. You know, Mm -hmm. this thing in my family called 60 Second Preach, where everybody has to run around the house and grab an item and preach on it for 60 seconds. Uh, Like that. Get on that big 80 inch Vizio TV that you bought at Costco and zoom in on grandma's house and pray over grandma, pray over your church, pray over our nation's capital. We all know our nation needs prayer. Find ways to make prayer and, and, and parenting fun, including God, making it a part of your, of your day. And that firm foundation, a big part of it that we teach in the book is declaring uh, destiny over your children, declaring and prophesying over your children that most people, most people have never had their parent uh, prophesy over them. Most people have never yeah. received a prophetic word from their parent. And our kids go to school, they hear demonic prophecies, and most demonic prophecies are so short you remember it. You're dumb, you're stupid, you're ugly, you're a failure. They remember yeah. that. And when they come home, they're quiet about it. We've got to put a word against the word. And so Father's Day, four years ago, the Lord spoke to me and said, I want you to give everyone in your family a prophetic word on Father's Day and a gift. And so now every Father's Day, I give them the prophetic word for the gift. I came out, I gave them a gift and I read it and they all started weeping on Father's Day. I frame it (laughs) in their room. And when I go to pray for them at night, I declare that over them. We've got to be more intentional, even in our kids at our church. Pastors, listen to me, get a folder. Uh, on every kid in your church and have your teachers start declaring prophetic verses over them. So when they turn 18 and they're struggling with who am I, what am I supposed to be? Here's 18 years of prophetic word from your church that's been spoken over your life. And so this is all a part of a firm foundation rooted in Christ, their identity in Christ and bringing God into it, turning the TV off, 
turning that that TV off and yeah. focusing the last 30 minutes to 60 minutes of our night so that our kids can 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 see God, experience God. Because let me say this, and I'll go to the next part, but God's first language is not English or Spanish. God's first mm-hmm. language is visions and dreams. And so there's only like two people in the Bible God spoke to audibly. So sometimes our kids don't understand this when we look at them and we say, what is God saying to you? And they go, I don't hear God. Is because they're listening for English. God speaks in visions and dreams. So we've got to prepare them for the night. God's not going to waste one third of your night, of your life. God owns the night. And so he wants to speak to our children mm-hmm. in visions and dreams. And I think that, that that changes their life when they experience God in that way, because no argument can stand up against an experience. So that's a little mm-hmm. bit about a, a firm foundation. We need it desperately. Yeah. You know, when you you, you said something and it's so interesting, uh, my family and I, we went on a family camp this summer. We were on vacation, went to a family camp and on the the Friday, almost the second to last day of the family camp, they, they instructed us as parents to write blessings for each of our children, uh, which is pretty much what you just said. And, and, and man, what a, what a powerful moment. What a, what a, what a meaningful moment. I think what I want to follow up and do after hearing from you is I want to type, I want to print it out and, and put it in front of them so they could keep seeing it and uh, receive those words. That's so powerful. Speaking on this first part of the book, Firm Foundation, you know, you're talking about, you know, speaking life, prophesy over our kids, um, the the value that this has. Can you maybe share maybe one or two more nuggets about effective parenting maybe? Um, how, how can we be effective? Because that's another thing is I'm a dad because I got kids. They're my yeah. kid because they're my kid. But but that doesn't mean that I'm always going to be as effective as I should or should be or want to be. How can I increase effectivity in my parenting? Sure. In order to increase effectivity, uh, you need an anointing. And an anointing, um, what an anointing does is it makes your words effective. And I tell parents, you don't get an anointing because somebody prayed for you. You don't get an anointing because somebody touched you. You get an anointing by developing a history with Jesus. You win tests in private when no one's watching. And three, you go through things that try to literally kill you and destroy you. And when they don't, you gain an authority and an anointing in that area of your life. Same as pastoring. When I get up to talk to people, my words can come in one ear and out the other. You know, it it can what what makes my words effective is an anointing paying the price in prayer for my words to touch and penetrate the heart. And if you're yeah. talking to your child and it, and they're looking back at you like you are invisible, then you've got to go to God and say, God, I've got to spend time with you so that you give me the anointing, which makes my words effective, where my words can penetrate the, the dark, hard areas of their heart so that they can hear the words. And my words will be more influential in their life. And I'm, I'm realizing as a dad parenting three teenagers, that unless the Lord makes my words effective, they go wow. in one ear and out the other. So I've got to spend more time with Jesus <clears throat> or my children to have God lead me and guide me as a parent so that my words are effective. Because when it's a pastor, when you're talking to your church and they're not listening, you get angry. Then you get frustrated. Yeah. Then you start yelling mm-hmm. at people. It's the same thing as a parent. When you're talking to your kid without the anointing, you're going to get frustrated and you start yelling at them. You start doing this because your words are literally like bouncing off concrete 
And it's the Lord that softens their heart. And it's the Lord that gives you the right words and the right tone and the right disposition where you are literally like Jesus. And I've got to spend time with him in order to be like him. And when I don't do that, I'm not like him. I'm like me. And as simple as that sounds, Mm -hmm. uh, that is a big part of making your words effective and being a more effective parent. And, and, and effective effectiveness is is a, a pretty broad term. It's like, well, how do I be successful? Right? Well, it determines what success is. So I think that's one of the things you have to do is determine what success is. What is your win? We learned this yeah. from a pastor that taught us years ago. This is what is your win? So our win is our children want to spend time with us, each other, Jesus and his church, even when they don't have to. So when they're grown, if, if we get there, we are successful. That is our it. We did it. We accomplished it. I don't want to spend 20 years raising a child that wants to talk to me 20 minutes a year. I don't care how, how much money they have and they don't love Jesus. So I have to determine what is success. So success for us, when we're sitting on the porch, the gray hair's in, we're holding hands, looking at each other, and we go, we did it, baby, is that they want to spend time with us, each other, Jesus, and his church. And so that becomes the filter by which we make all of our parenting decisions, not by the world standard, not by what they <clears throat> media, not by what somebody told us. This is our win. And I think every parent has to sit down and figure out what that means to them. Are you ready to take your leadership to the next level? Avail is excited to announce that for a limited time, you can get a free six month trial subscription to the Avail Journal. The Avail Journal was created to equip and empower leaders with everything they need to excel. Read quarterly issues and pick up leadership wisdom from high-impact leaders like Sam Chand, John Maxwell, Tim Tebow, and dozens more. Take the first step in becoming a more effective leader. Sign up for your free six-month trial subscription to the Avail Journal by visiting availjournal.com. I love it. I'm taking notes, man. I, if you're watching the video, I'm taking notes. Pastor Jonathan, I love this. Um, um, it's so it's so helpful. And and you know, Avail, we reach out to a lot of leaders, uh, and I think I think leaders really need, I, everybody needs to be, pay attention to this. If, if you're a parent, you got kids, uh, and you need to pay attention to this. But but I think leaders, especially when we have great responsibilities, even ministry leaders and, and pastors, uh, we we can easily justify doing all these other things for the kingdom and all these other things, and 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 miss out on some very key things and responsibilities as parents. I, part two of your book. And, and by the way, everybody, we're just, we're just, we're just dabbling. We're just we're playing just, with you here. We're literally scratching it. That's it. Just scratching the, the surface. The, the book goes, goes in depth in everything we're talking about and way beyond, but I want to tease them a little more. Pastor Jonathan, you talk about discipline that works in that second part of the book. Um, I, I, I just, if you could just share a little bit and unpack a little bit, the, why godly discipline? I think that's a term you use in your book, godly discipline. Why godly discipline? What does that mean? And, and how is this important for us as parents? Yeah, and I, I think it's so important that as, as parents, we're actively involved in the discipline. And one of the things when it comes <clears throat> to discipline is that we, we never discipline angry. And how you can avoid disciplining angry is to pray before you discipline. So you're Good. never disciplining out of out of anger. And we don't tell people how to discipline you and you alone know the best way to discipline your child. But what you're after in discipline is the heart shift. You're after the heart change. Yeah. And we always discipline for disrespect, you know, dishonor. Uh, I'm always really big on, you know, people who if, if they're dishonoring their mother, what's the old saying? Thou shalt honor thy mother or thou shalt live somewhere else. But yep. what I never wanted my wife to do when it came to discipline 
was to, I never wanted her, this is speaking when the kids are much smaller, but I never wanted her to have to discipline foolishness. The Bible says foolishness is bound up in the heart of the child, but a rod of correction will drive it far from them. So uh, foolishness is you're sitting at a restaurant and the baby grabs the knife that the waiter put down in front of the baby. You take the knife away. The baby starts screaming. Now she's trying to hold the baby. The baby's going nuts. This is your wife consoling foolishness. This will drive her nuts. Uh, sure. So I would take the child, discipline the child. And now the child is upset and mommy's now consoling correction. You wanted mommy to console correction. What you didn't want was mommy to console foolishness. And so mm-hmm. um, that was that was one of the things that we did when they were little. And uh, and much smaller. And we disciplined frequently when they were when were smaller, because I realized that the more I disciplined when they were smaller, the less I had to discipline the older they got. Plus, they got over it in like 30 seconds. The older they got and you try to discipline, it takes so much longer for them to, to process that and get over that. And so yeah. when it came to discipline, uh, those were things that we really tried to focus early on. But those discipline years are, are, are really short. Uh, and mm-hmm. before, before you know it, you know, they get to five, you're out of the discipline years. I mean, you're, you're getting into, um, you're getting into, uh, the, the coaching years you're getting into, then you're getting into the friendship years, you know, you got the training, the coaching, and then you got the, uh, the, the friendship. So before you know it, it's, it's over. Most people go into this thinking I've got 18 years. You don't have 18 years, you know, right. The, the first, the first few years are those discipline years, and then you're getting into the the training. What am I going to train them? Because once puberty hits, you lose eighty percent of the influence, eighty percent, and it's wow somewhere else. If you don't have your teenager involved in a great youth group, you don't have them involved with great youth leaders. That influence is going to social media. It's going somewhere else, and don't get me on social media because my wife and I ah. started a whole. We're the, we're the ones who started the first online course that teaches students how to use a cell phone in a safe and secure way called cell phone permit. And it, it really should get into every church and, and school in America. Uh, mm. but if you don't if you don't get them uh, uh, in in that stage and, and what you do is you, you go, oh, I, I messed around. I was so busy. I was working in the training years. And now you're in the coaching years. And oh, they're turning 16. They're driving. What happens is you try to cram. You're going to try and fit it in at the last minute. And the best way I ever heard it said was this. You can cram for it for a test. You're, you cannot cram parenting. You're, you're right. not going to spend all these hours at work and neglect your kids. And then at the end, try and cram it all in. It's not going to work. It's seed, time and harvest. And so I get it, parents. I know how it feels to, to not feel like I have to go to the bathroom or the garage just to be alone for five minutes. I, I get it, but the days are long and the years are short and they're the only thing you can take to heaven with you. So take the time to, to discipline. And it depends on the kid's personality. With my daughters, honestly, some of them, it was just this tone, just my words. And yeah. sitting down and really helping them have an understanding. The older they get, the more I had to sit down and give them that understanding. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Can you remind me at the time of this recording, it's 2023, Pastor Jonathan, your oldest child is how old? My oldest child is 17, does not have social media. Got it. Uh, does not have a smartphone. And your youngest child? I have two, uh, I have two-year-old twins. And if Got we it. had seven first, the book would have been called Raising Twins because that's all we'd have had because they are. Yeah. <laughs> so you have eight kids all together. Your oldest is 17. Uh, the youngest is a pair of uh, <clears throat> two-year-old twins. <clears throat> Obviously, there's still more journey with all of them. My question for you is based on your research, based on your experience, based on uh, uh, you know everything that's out there, you, you know, 
the, the different years are different, right? The, 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 they're, they're challenging for different reasons. My question for you is what do you, what, what, what is the consensus on what are the hardest years or the hardest ages, um, in the parenting journey? Uh, so far, I would say that the, um, for us, it's been the, um, the teenage years are, are definitely challenging just because of the influence uh, that, that we, and having to navigate that with, um, in a way where you're invited, not just into their world, but their secret world, where they feel uh, that they can confide in you and talk to you. Uh, because they don't want to disappoint you. They they really don't want to. And and I would say too, having a big spectrum of kids can be challenging because the way, you know, I can, I can, you know, I walk in the house or something's really wrong. I can want to address all of them in the same way. Like there's two year olds, yeah. 18, 17 year olds, and I can't do that. And no. so having to, having to acknowledge the different stages with that many kids uh, is, has been a bit of a challenge for me, but one of the ways we've had to navigate that is let me say this. Kids are terrible at doing what you ask them to do. Um, they're literally the worst at it. They're, they're, didn't I ask you to do that? How many times do I have to ask you? Didn't your mother, if I have to ask you one more time, they're the <laughs> worst at doing what you ask them to do, but they are amazing at doing what they see you do. So if I come in the house and I go, I'm in a bad mood, everybody just leave me alone. Or, or my wife, Joanne has to go, Hey, dad's in a bad mood. Everybody leave him alone. Well, the challenge with that is when they become teenagers, they walk in the house and go, I'm in a bad mood. Leave me alone. So what I have to do as a dad is walk in the house and say, I have had a horrific day and I need all of my kids and my wife to come pray for me. Whew. I have had the worst day. I am very angry. I need I need all of my kids to come pray for me and lay hands on me so that when my teenagers have a bad day, they walk in the house and go, I have had the worst day. I need my family to come around me and pray for wow. me. Because they will do what wow. they see. You've got to make them hungry. If my wife and I wow. go to a great restaurant, guess where they want to eat? If we go out to a dinner or, or a great hotel or something, or go on vacation, that's where they want to go. What if we yeah. came home and said, you wouldn't believe the time I had with God today. You wouldn't believe yep. what God showed me last night in a dream. The best way to make someone hungry is let them watch you eat. And so that's that's been a big win for our teenagers is, is challenge. And we're in it. We're still in it. We're going to have teenagers for a long time. And so I'm in, this, I'm in, this in the book. We talk about dating. We talk about cell phones. We That's talk good. about discipline. How do you handle that? How do you handle this kind of world that we're in and, and, and all the dynamics that are happening? And, and this is this is what we're learning. This is what we've experienced. And, and we've got practical things in there, too. Like, how do we how do we pick up the house? You know, I'm responsible for picking up the house at night. So I call all the kids in and get a minion and I have a laser pointer because they can't see nothing. I say, pick that up. And they're like, what? I don't see it. So I got a laser pointer. And I'm like, you see that right there? Move that over. Come on. Hey, you see that right there? Come on. So I can live. That's a very practical, simple thing. But you know, as when you have eight kids, it's a lot. So a, a lot of that's in the book, you know, but you need the practical, obviously along with the spiritual. And, uh, and, you know, I just want to encourage all the parents to hang in there. And I want to encourage pastors you know, make time to teach your parents on parenting. I know sometimes it's like, hey, pray with your kids and love your kids. But parents really need those practical tools. And a lot of churches, unfortunately, don't make time on their yearly calendar for it. Your parents 
in your church are longing for it. Parent, their yeah. kids are the most important thing in their life. And so make time for it, pastors. You'll never go wrong. So huge. Uh, you just gave me a few nuggets there that I'm going to put in action like today and this week. Um, this is a, Hey, there's a lot of good reasons to get this book, everybody, Raising Parents. Uh, in a second, we're going to tell them how they can get it, Pastor Jonathan. But but I have another question. It's a little bit on the personal side. You let me know if you feel okay, you know, following up with it. Here, here's sure. my question, right? Um, and, I, and I'm just curious. It, it seems like this topic of, of, you know, of parenting and in this case, your book, Raising Parents, it's 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 pretty important to you. And my question is, is there a reason why it's so important to you? Uh, and maybe connected to that, you know, you have eight kids. Where Did you grow up in a big family? Um, you know, have you seen some great examples, some hard examples? You know, why do you think this has been birthed in you? Yeah, that's a great question. And um, my wife and I decided uh, we don't want to win everywhere else in life but home. We don't want to have a big church or and and lose when it comes to our kids. And so we we make um, our kids are our ministry and and ministry is one of our children. So we, we could really say we have nine, uh, right. ministry is a part of our family. And so, uh, you know, I think some of it, too, is rooted in my dad. You know, my dad grew up without a father. And um, nine brothers and sisters. I, I'm person. My my dad only has three children. I'm the middle child, so I was neglected, forsaken, abandoned. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, me and I have two sisters, but uh, my mm. dad's my hero, and he never had this modeled for him. And literally, sure. the Lord, he had a, an amazing encounter with with Jesus, and the Lord literally taught him how to be a great dad. And when I wow. think of him being a great dad, it's not you know, all the sports and all those kind of things. My dad from the Bahamas, so he didn't grow up with American sports mindset. I mean, if anything, it was British influence. Uh, but, you know, and my dad being a person of color and uh, was in, you know, uh, evangelizing in, in, in the Georgia early on, God called him into ministry. And mm. it's him and my mom, you know, still married, loving the Lord, serving God together. And the greatest gift he ever gave me uh, on top of anything was my, my personal walk with Jesus. And mm. he did that without having that model. And that was given him from the Lord. And that as a dad, uh, the greatest reward I can give my children, the greatest gift I can give them is their walk with Jesus. And so yeah. uh, we just began to so many things pulling on parents, you know, from social media to comparison, trying to do this. And so many dads before they're 40, trying to make money, trying to make a brand. I'm trying to do this. You guys, listen, if you're in here and you're under, you're under 40, you're going to make more money from 40 to 60 than you are 20 to 40. Do not <laughs> sacrifice your parenting. Good. Not sacrifice your marriage for it. Um, these are your years to focus on the character development. These are the years for you to pour into your family and your children. And and I get how challenging it can be. You know, my wife and I. You know, I, I say kids stands for keeping intimacy at a distance successfully. That's what kids. <laughs> right? So but you have to make that investment into your marriage for your children. And any investment yeah. into your marriage is an investment into your children and your grandchildren. And so this is very important to not just Joanne and I, but every every uh, parent that's listening or watching this. 
uh, because you do want to pass down a godly legacy. And, uh, and that's what's been handed to me. And I want to make sure that all of my kids, they're the only thing I can take to heaven with me. Come on. And, and I just declare over them, all of them uh, are going to heaven with me. That hell will not see my family. That's so it. It's, it's so important. So That's good. I, I want to help our Avail audience out by helping them connect with you, get the book. Where can they go, Pastor Jonathan, if they want to, if they want to get this book, Raising Parents, if they want to just get some more insight and connection with you? Where can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. They can go to uh, RaisingParentsBook.com, uh, RaisingParentsBook.com. And, and I have a copy of the book here. Uh, yeah. You can get that, the hard, hard uh, back copy. We also have mm-hmm. a study guide, uh, which is great for churches to do small groups. So nice. many churches we've heard that we have spoke at. And Joanne and I love coming in and doing uh, parenting uh, on Sunday, doing a parenting workshop Sunday afternoon, whatever works for your church. But I'm telling you, I cannot tell you how many um, churches are, are doing the small group and just getting parents talking. That's our heart on it is getting parents having that's the good. discussion, just just engaging <laughs> and talking. There's so much parenting wisdom in your church. And so uh, they can get that. They can get the cell phone uh, course on that same website. Uh, but mm. but uh, and, and, and reach out to us if, if they want to have us come. But um, hang in there, guys. We're, we're praying for you. And you, you absolutely have what it takes. You and you alone have the anointing to raise your child. And do not outsource parenting. God gave them to you. You can do it. That's right. Hey, everybody, the website is RaisingParentsBook.com. Uh, you can order the book. I recommend you don't get one just for yourself. I recommend you get a few and maybe bless some parents that might be blessed by it. I recommend you talk to your, uh, if you're not a pastor or a leader, in your church, you share this with them as well. Share them the link, send it in a text message, show it to them, tell them we got to start a small group in our church. Uh, so um, Pastor Jonathan, we have the hardcover book. We have the study guide. Is there a masterclass videos with that go along there with is. it? There's a masterclass. You can watch that uh, with your small group uh, or just as parents sit so down good. and watch that. And Joanne uh, and I literally take uh, each chapter and break that out into 10 videos and I'm telling you, you're never going to go wrong. Get the wisdom, uh, get yeah. get the understanding, get the knowledge. Don't wing it when it comes to parenting. Don't wing it Don't when it comes it. to parenting. Get this today. I'm telling you, you're, you're not going to go wrong. Yeah, that's a good website, everybody. RaisingParentsBook.com. Go share it with somebody. Get some of these books. Um, I want to mention real quick the Avail Journal. We love resourcing uh, like books that are going to help people, families, parents, leaders. The Avail Journal. I think it's the best Christian leadership magazine out there right now. Awesome. It's awesome. Um, if you haven't subscribed yet, you can claim a free annual subscription. It's on us the first year, availjournal.com. Uh, Pastor Jonathan, I'm, I'm imagining you've, you've seen an Avail Journal. Absolutely. Been I, have, I have them. I'm subscribed. You know, yes, I mean, sir. It's great too. It's a great resource to bring into all your, your staff and your leadership within your yeah. team. Guys. There's some good multicultural influence from all kinds of leader, Christian leaders from around the U S and around the world. Um, you know, I have this feeling in my heart, Pastor Jonathan, as we close off here, um, I think I'd like for you to encourage some parents who are currently struggling parents that are out there right now and they're struggling in raising their kids, whether it's, the little tiny ones, the big teenage ones, or anything in between or past it. Can you just maybe share a word of encouragement? Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, like when we started off the podcast, so many parents feel like they're uh, a failure and feel like 
they're making mistakes because when our kids make mistakes, we, we own them. You know, if yeah. my kid bumps into somebody in the store, I go, I'm sorry. You know, if they drop something, I go, I'm sorry. We, we <laughs> own those mistakes. And, and so when they make mistakes as they, they age, we, we tend to take those you know, as, as we're failures. And I just want to say to every parent who feels like their, their child is, is, is just not what, uh, not where they, you feel they should be with Jesus. They're just, they're just a little, they're distant from where your heart is for them to be with the Lord or, you know, making mistakes. Uh, and you feel like you're a, parent, a terrible parent because your kid make your kids made mistakes. Listen, our heavenly father is the greatest father ever. And his yes. kids have made a lot of mistakes and I'm one of them. And so <laughs> if, if your kids, if you're a bad parent because your kids make mistakes and that means God's a really bad parent because his kids have made a lot of mistakes. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe you're not a bad parent. Uh, maybe, maybe your kids are walking through the middle. The Bible says, train up a child in the way they should go. That when they're old, they won't depart. It says something about the beginning, it says something about the end, it says nothing about the middle, that messy mm. middle. But God's word is true that if you train them up in the way they should go, then when they're old, they will not depart. And hear me, parents, as much as you want to avoid it, as much as you do everything you can do to fight this, you cannot protect your children from their testimony. They're going to mm. have a testimony with Jesus. And let them yep. God's faithful. You do your part in the beginning. God will do his part at the end and let them walk through. And I just want to prophesy this over every parent that's that's listening, that maybe their child's not where they need to be with the Lord. Um, it's Jeremiah 33, 16, that your children, well, it says this, your work shall be rewarded, says the Lord. All the mm. time you pray with them, you, you, you read the word of God and you took them to church, Sunday school, all those things. Your work shall be rewarded, says the Lord. And they shall come home from the land of the enemy. And so mm. I speak that over to you, encourage you as you listen to this and watch this. They're coming home. They don't belong to the enemy. They belong to the Lord and they're coming home. Amen. We would declare that in Jesus name. Drop the mic. Boom. Uh, Pastor Jonathan, this has been awesome. This has been awesome, awesome, awesome. I hope everybody um, is that's watching and or listening. Make sure you go to RaisingParentsBook.com so you can get Pastor Jonathan's book, Raising Parents, Set Your Kids Up for Future Success. On behalf of the Avail team, on behalf of Dr. Sam Chand, Martine Van Tilburg, uh, Pastor Jonathan, we just want to say we're proud of you. We honor you. And Thank we're you thankful so much. For your life and your ministry. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're excited. It, it, is, it is challenging, you know, and I understand every parent on there. You know, we put on the book, Caution, this book is not for lazy parents. Yeah, it's it's it is work, but you you have what it takes, guys. You got what it takes. All right, thank you so much. Hey, everybody, I hope you've been encouraged once again by an amazing, amazing guest. Um, on behalf of Avail, my name is Virgil Sierra, lead pastor of Vertical Church, aka Iglesia Vertical in South Florida. We're one church, two languages. I'm your host. Every week, every week, a new episode comes out with some wisdom and insights for your leadership journey, for your family journey, for your Jesus journey. We'll catch you next time right here on the Avail podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Avail podcast with our guest, Jonathan Brozozog. You can find out more about Jonathan on social media and by going to raisingparentsbook.com. For more leadership resources, check us out at theartofleadership.com. And make sure to claim your free annual subscription of the Avail Journal at availjournal.com. As always, I'm your Avail podcast host, Virgil Sierra. Muchas gracias. Thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at the Avail podcast.